When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Formula for Success. I'm David Colthard and sitting opposite me, thankfully he's had his medication and he's still chained to the wall, ready to go as ever, Eddie Jordan. Yeah, David, I'm loving this. Actually, this is getting better as we're going along and uh, we've had some outstanding people lately. And uh, I think that's only the start because we've got even more outstanding people as we go forward. Well, we've had some incredible guests on the podcast in recent weeks. We've had Prince Albert of Monaco. We've had Bertrand Gachot. Um, really enjoyed watching you two, um, you know, clear up the past and embrace each other. Do you think we did? Absolutely. I think he, he's moved on. What a, what a wonderful individual. Bertrand is a very, very sharp, sensible guy. Yes, we had very serious difference of opinion. Do you know, the point that came out, he was never bitter about his time in jail. He said he learned a lot in jail and there was a lot of good things. And one of the things that actually struck my mind that I've thought about, he said that 90% of the people in there should not have been in there. They were in there for silly little things like financial uh, problems or this or that or the other. And uh, there was no hardcore uh, pain for him. He understood that he had to do the time and that's it. He got on and did it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you've got someone else you've called upon to come and join us this week. You'd like to tell the listeners who this individual is? Well, there's a lovely story. Um, I met this person. Actually, David, you, you play a part in this. Once upon a time, I think it was probably 94, 95, something around that, and you were just starting your Formula One career and you were a complete rookie with um, Williams. And um, this particular person, Bernie, sent down Pasquale and said, uh, Eddie, we'd like you to look after this guest. Uh, he's a personal friend of uh, Princess Diana, and uh, William and Harry were there too at the Grand Prix, and this guy was sent down, and I had no idea. He was sent to us because he was Irish. And I then went to see him as his guest. Uh, he was an actor, and um, he, was, he was the lead in Herbal Bed, which was a Shakespearean play in Stratford, I remember getting absolutely hammered with him afterwards with Ray Fiennes and a whole lot of other of the actors that were there in Stratford. And his name is none other than Liam Cunningham. Well, more, more famous, I guess, in recent times for the long-running series Game of Thrones. Well, I always claim he was on Game of Thrones longer than anyone else because he was the cheapest actor that they could find to do that particular <laughs> role. But he doesn't like that, by the way. <laughs> but I always like to get it in, and it really irritates him. Well, I hadn't appreciated that uh, you'd met that far back because he is a motorsport enthusiast, a Formula One fanatic. nut. He brings uh, a camera to all of the Grand Prix and his 
capturing real images and a real piece of technology. None of this sort of mobile phone type, take a happy snap. You know, he and my wife, Marie, are massive friends because they share a love for photography. And I think Liam has a great eye. He can capture some unbelievable shots and scenes that most people wouldn't be able to even dream about. Incidentally, I always am worried about Liam Cunningham because he is a lifetime friend of our old pal Eddie Irvine, and anyone who's a pal of Irvine has to be considered as dangerous, so um, I, this guy is no different. Well, before we get Liam on, uh, we're going to start by answering a couple of questions our dear listeners have sent us. And remember, you can get in touch with the show by emailing ffs at whisper.tv or by following us on social media at f one for success So here we go. First question is uh, from a guy called John in Cork. Now, I used to be a big fan of Jordan F1 back in the day. Um, however, he says, I now have a big problem, and this podcast is the cause, cause of it, really. Since the episode back in March about EJ's meeting with DHL about using the yellow colour, I'm now finding it difficult to go about my daily life. Every time I see that distinctive yellow DHL van, Eddie Jordan just pops oh into my, my head. This, this guy needs help, medical and help. Well, absolutely, and it's becoming a real problem for him. So the other night, he was having a lovely dream, and a yellow DHL van came into the dream, causing him to wake up suddenly. So, Eddie, what can he do to get you out of his head? Oh, I think this guy's a lost cause. Um, David, funny enough, talking about dreams, I don't have these kind of dreams. They, they, they never come... Uh, maybe. Are you counting money rather than no, sheep in your I think, dreams? I think there's other things. Are you doing the usual two for me, no, one no, for no, them, no, no, three no, for nothing me, to do one with for money. them? Anyway, back to John. John, um, I'm from Dublin, you're from Cork. Fundamentally, that's the problem. Um, uh, we always think in Dublin, I can't tell you a story about the people from Cork. They all want to come to Dublin. And the guys, when they get in the train to Dublin, they get out of the train. And as you know, it's right alongside the River Liffey. And John is probably no different to all the other people from Cork. They get the biggest stone they can get. And they say, I'm going to throw this in the River Liffey. And if it floats, I'm going back to Cork. <laughs> Uh, sorry, folks, but I think that's funny. <laughs> so it we, never floats and they stay in Dublin and Jesus, Dublin is destroyed with them. But anyway, you know, sorry, worry. Cork people, I do love you, really. I just thought it was a good story to get in there. Yeah, well, it's not a bad story, I've got to tell you. Um, and with the power of editing, we will, we will have the noise of a thousand people roaring and laughing and clapping oh, good. to that joke. Because but, I need to, because well, it, I think it's passed over most people's heads. Well, it's, you know, given there's only you and I and our engineers here in the, in the studio, and yeah. no, nobody nobody even sniggered well i thought it was okay but you know if you're from ireland and you're lucky enough to be from ireland you kind of get that because yeah. the dubs always think they're that bit step ahead of anyone else but then so do the cork people so we're aligned in that respect well a good friend of ours living here in monaco harry givings um yeah. he he he's always he says it's the people's republic of cork absolutely i mean honestly he's like the people from texas and when you ask somebody from Texas, they say, God, I'm from Texas. They will never say I'm American. Never. Have you noticed that? Uh, I've never noticed a person from Texas with an Irish accent saying they're from I'm Texas. Not, I'm saying, God damn, I'm from Texas. <laughs> you still sound like an Irishman saying <laughs> okay. okay. But anyway, good effort. Now, let's move on to the next question from a guy called Simon Spirit. And he would like some advice, Eddie. So I never saw you as an agony uncle, but here we go. Yeah, well, uh, I, he... I stooped to everything. Don't okay. worry. Well, I know where there's, you know, where there's a little bit of money David, potential. Well, let's get to on. what his question here is. Like a lot of people, I have a real love for cars, and it's something I'd wish I'd pursued as a career in one form or another. 
One thing I've never done is watch a live Grand Prix race. So my question is, if you could only go to one more Grand Prix weekend apart from Silverstone, which one would you go to? And this might help him, uh, this wonderful gentleman, Simon Spirit, uh, tick this off his bucket list. That's a question for you, TC. Come on, which one would you go to? I would go to any of the M's, Melbourne, yeah. Montreal or Monaco. Yes, but I must tell you, it depends on what age group he is and it depends what this guy likes. Simon, if you're a bit kindred spirits like DC and myself, I think I'd head for Budapest. Now, why do I Good say one. that? Oh, it's great. It's outrageous. It's wild. Uh, it's right in that part of Europe where you get the Germans, you get the, the Hungarians, you, you get the Austrians, you get everybody, but you get the people from Budapest and Romania and, and it's a complete and utter mayhem because not many people fully understand, but when they say the capital is Budapest, one, one part of the, the, the city is Buda and the other one is Pest, and then they are split between each other. I know which part other. you'd live on. Well, we didn't need you to interrupt me in the middle of the thing. I know which one you'd be in as well, by the way. But anyway, it's a wild city. It has an unbelievable nightlife. And one of the great days of my life was actually cornering Jean Todd and convincing him that Eddie Irvine should be Michael Schumacher's teammate. And that's where I made a few quid for myself and I made a few quid for Irvine. I love the place and I agree with you with the M's, uh, fully support that. Budapest is still mine. I think that's a really good show, actually. So maybe I went a bit too, you know, I was a bit you premature. You came too early there, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. I hit the apex too quickly. But mm. anyway, Budapest, we both agree on that. Well, look, that's, uh, I think we're going to take a quick break at this point. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by our buddy, Liam Cunningham. <music> Cannot tell you how happy I am that not only do we have a brilliant actor has joined us in the room. Where what? is he? Where is he? Where well, is I'm, he? I'm looking at you. Them. I'm looking oh. at you, EJ, because yeah. you, you pretended you were a sensible <laughs> businessman for several decades. Oh, but I, I fooled a lot of people. Yes. Can we introduce our guest? <laughs> I did already. I've already said, waxed lyrical about this guy. And I told him how I first met him at Silverstone, how Bernie brought him down through Pasquale, who's Bernie's man. Yeah. And um, he'd been with Lady Di. I forget, was that Little Women? What were you doing that time? Was uh, I was at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yes, I knew uh, that, but I didn't ask you that. I asked you, what, what was the pro What were you doing? Acting. Oh, really? <laughs> I was in a play. Okay, and the name of the play was? Called The Herbal Bed. No, I went to see you doing that. Yes, correct. I gave you tickets. Uh, no. Actually, you, you know whose tickets you got? Prince you got Charles. Prince Charles tickets. Because he couldn't make it You've that told night. me that ever and since, and that's hens, 25 years ago. Hence teeth. You're living you, out on it. You could, are you dining Change out Change your story. You asked me the story. Okay. Now, moving on, you can see the kind of abuse well, I'm on, like he, ha he hasn't answered the story. How oh. can we move on when he hasn't told us the story? Well, okay, tell us the story. So, I had uh, the reason I met Bernie is because uh, Sarah Ferguson and Bernie were involved in this charity, and I did this movie called A Little Princess. Bernie's charity was Children in Crisis, and there was a lunch. And I'd been a huge Formula One fan forever, and it was the time that uh, the BBC was changing over to ITV that time. And I just said, I said, as. Um, is there going to be a lot of changes with blah, blah, blah? And he said, do you go to many races? And I said, I've never been to a race. And he literally got the napkin, got out the pen and said, any Grand Prix you want to go to? And he gave me his number. I couldn't believe it. And so that was my first time with Silverstone. And I brought one of the other characters from the play. And I wanted to see you. In fact, Bernie said, I said, who do you want to meet? And I said, Eddie. And he said, who, who George, oh, Irvine or the other Irish bastard? Is what oh, he said. thanks very much. Yeah. 
And I said, no, AJ Kurt. And uh, I went down to the motorhome. This is good. Went down to the motorhome. Pa- Pasquale went to get AJ from me. And I just heard this <laughs> down the stairs. And he comes out like that with his eyes wide open, looking around. And Pasquale says, look after this fella. Bernie's made a Bernie. And you, you took me and you were a god. But I said, you look really worried. And you said, for fuck's sake, the only time we see Pasquale is when we're in trouble. He said, and that was the first time I'd met you face to face. But I wasn't trouble. I got you. Look at me ever since. You've destroyed my life. You've been nothing The hardship me. and the pain you've nothing caused me is untold. Nothing without me. I always remember that. What? You've been nothing without me. Anyway, do you want to hear the next part of this? Well, I'm just thinking, if uh, how are we going to get subtitles on a podcast? Because with you two going full Irish, with yeah, your, I know. you know, people are used to seeing you as an actor, obviously many, many different great roles, but yeah. Game of Thrones, I guess, would be one of the, the, the more successful. And mm. you're unrecognisable by yeah, your, that, by your that, voice, I should yeah. say. You know, you look, you look similar. But. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah, in Game of Thrones, I was Geordie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I think coming out in August, it's uh, that I'm, I'm very English, English captain, Dracula. Movie. Have you done anything Scottish? Uh, yes, I did. For I played a Scottish detective for a Swedish television. They're very oh. good Scottish detectives. Anyway, go on. We follow on from all this Grand Prix stuff, and I could see that this guy was a lunatic. But DC, you were involved because after the Grand Prix, we used to have great parties at Silverstone. And I remember Davy Spillane, the greatest pipe player of all time, was absolutely playing. You played, and we played on stage. And then I did, missed out on him on Limo for a, a couple of uh, a couple of years, perhaps, until we met up again. And um, then we became friendly in Dublin. And I said to him one moment, in a, a weak moment that I had, I said, Limo, what are you doing next weekend? He said, well, I'm, I'm doing a movie, but what, what have you got in mind? He probably thought we were coming to a Grand Prix. But I said to him, look, I have the boat in Saint-Tropez and there's a couple of parties on the go. Do you fancy coming and just uh, living it up a little bit as you do? He said, oh, Saint-Tropez, boat, that sounds real posh. But anyway, he arrived... Now, it was in the middle of summer and everyone all dressed up in their refineries, the bikinis and the shorts and this and that and the other. And Limo turns out with this big, 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 massive wide-brimmed hat yeah. and a huge long coat up to his ears. That yeah. sounds more sort of, you know, and Liam Gallagher or No, Noel no, Gallagher he thought he was Liam going Cunningham. to the Antarctic or the Arctic. But what had happened was he was making the move. He was doing a scene in, in a prison. In and, a prison cell with Killian Murphy, yeah. And... Uh, producer or the director said to you, do not come back here. He didn't know I was going. I didn't tell him I was going. But well, he, anyway, we had to shoot the scene in two bits. So we shot the Thursday, Friday, and I think I got the red eye over to Nice or whatever on, on, on the Saturday. But I couldn't go back and finish the scene with a tan. <laughs> I was in prison. You looked completely... So I had this big hat. I'd fact of 50 all, all, everywhere that was exposed. Because if I'd have gone back with a tan, we couldn't have shot the thing. I was in a jail cell. Are you finished? I'm going to tell the next part of the story. That's brilliant. What is the next part of the so, story? There is no... We, we go for lunch, as people do, to Nicky Beach. And if I remember rightly, there was myself, there was Andy Stevenson, who's still... Yeah. Uh, Andy still Stevenson was my first, along with a guy called Paul Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, he, they were one of my first ever employees for that time. Andy Stevenson's a sporting director at Aston Martin. And yes. he is, absolutely. He's been there now 30-odd years. So um, good old Andy. But yeah. anyway, back to Limo here. Um, he arrives... At, at, at the uh, Nikki Beach, and I think you met your friend Googie and Bono there. Yeah. And um, 
I knew what was likely to happen. Now, we were all really well, well oiled at this stage. And I said, Limo, we're going to this party. My advice to you, you know, you don't need my advice and you certainly don't heed my advice, but I'd go home for a little nap if I were you. And he said, ah, don't worry, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And Lee, None of that is true. Huh? None of that is no, true. It is true. Well, no, you know you this man. You have knowingly refused to drink in your life. The world is just an extension of Eddie's personality. <laughs> <laughs> what actually happened was he wouldn't let me stop drinking. Right, and at six o'clock, I tried to go down for a nap on the boat. And he said, right, we're off to this party. It started early, some big shots, very wealthy dude who had a replica. He had a replica of the Cav nightclub in the basement of his house. I know, oh can God. you imagine? Unbelievable money. So anyway, we went to, I, I begged him. I said, don't, do not bring me to this thing. Please do not bring me. And I said, shut up, shut up, shut up, get in the car. Got in the car. Got there, I collapsed on the table. It was a sit-down dinner. Do that again. Can I have a look how you collapsed properly? Onto a side plate. There isn't a side plate here, but I was resting on a side plate. (laughs) And uh, the the, uh, the host of the party came around and said to Eddie, said, who's the the, the unconscious guy? They'd moved you to a sofa then. He said, that guy over there, is he a friend of yours? You know what he said? No, he's a friend of Bono. (laughs) (laughs) He denied me. He denied he knew me. No, and do you remember what you said? What? And the cock crew no, twice. Three times, yeah. St. Peter said he didn't know Jesus Christ when I he was up on the cross. I didn't know you I knew the gospel that, that well. Christ. Since when have you last seen a gospel? That's not, I get, I get somewhere when I walk past the church. And he still had the coat on, by the way. He was yeah. very, very careful for his director back home and getting no suntan. And he yeah. finished the scene, and I'm sure it was a fantastic scene. I'm going to look that up. Um, if we can bring it back to Formula One, we're having what? this conversation in Monte Carlo, uh, one of the uh, host uh, countries, of course, for, for Formula One, probably the most The jewel glamorous. in the crown. The jewel, the in, jewel the crown. in the crown, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we've had the opportunity to speak with Prince Albert for, for this podcast. Oh, uh, wow. He was fantastic. Um, you've been a long fan of Formula One. Yeah, you've explained that. I love how when you go to races, you're taking pictures on, I'm sure it's a digital camera, yeah, but you're, yeah, you're yeah. on a proper camera. I have it in my bag there. there yeah. Yeah. So where, where does that, what was it that ignited the, the, the following for Formula 1? Could, your life is you know, taking you all over the world. You could yeah. have followed any sport. Well, the weird thing is, is that it, and it wasn't at first, I, you know the way you don't examine your interests, they're just your love and your passion and blah, 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 like you guys were what you do. I remember thinking, looking at the circus that, that goes to 20. 26 countries, whatever it is now. And the thing I do is a circus as well. I mean, we we literally, you meet a bunch of, except with us, there's very little continuity. I, I'd have a new group of maybe 500 people and I'd work with for three months and maybe break for a month and work with a totally brand new number of people. But it's a circus and the trucks come to town. You know, there's people coming from all over the world. The cast can be can be very diverse and... and um, and, and, you know, it's like the United Nations sometimes, as Formula One is, which is what I think one of the wonderful things about Formula One is the international aspect of it. But the fact that you get a race on a Sunday after that, and it is, it's, 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 I, I've always kind of referred to it as it's, it's the rich, it's the richest, most expensive train set on the planet. <laughs> and I don't mean that in any way yeah. negatively. Yeah. I mean, if you can make your fortune or make a living doing something like this, and it's the you know it's the, it's the avant-garde side of engineering, of technology, and I just love, love that it pushes the boundaries. And then you've got this 
Coliseum on Sunday for two hours where, where you know, it's mano a mano. It's, I just find it incredibly exciting. And, and being here in Monte Carlo, uh, the link with um, you know, Princess Grace, she yeah. was an actress and Cannes Film Festival. And an Irish woman. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Prince Albert was explaining that he, they still have the original house that I think it was his grandmother grew it. up. Yeah. She went to the west of Ireland and bought the, bought the family home. Yeah, so they're, yeah. they're great, great pride in, in their great heritage. Yeah. So just coming back to the sort of the mix of movies and fast cars, Formula One being the pinnacle of that. There yeah. is a, a sort of synergy between the two, the glamour of the, you know, the movie world. Yeah. You know, it seems like a, a step into someone else's well, fantasy. It, it's weird. They think it's glamorous. It's like they call Hollywood Tinseltown. There's a reason they call it Tinsel. Tinsel's on your Christmas tree, and it's it's um it's smoke and mirrors. But it's it it attracts people attract people with money and it attracts the beautiful people it's all that sort of stuff and listen I'm the first to walk down the street and even see a gorgeous man or woman it's just like mother of god are these people actually human but but push comes to shove I'm here for the reason my next story about Liam is something like this I get a call on is this one real uh, well why don't you Liam why don't well, you were you were asleep when this story happened no. that's what so we want the next out. thing is uh, EJ <laughs> yeah. fancy coming for dinner uh, my my movie is uh, Wind the Blue the Barley it's it's Shakes incompetent the Shakes Shakes the Barley. whatever it was yeah. um, and um, Killian Murphy and yourself and uh, some of the directors and the producers they were having a little drinks party after the the movie being in competition in Cannes and said, EJ, come down here because the following week was Monaco and naturally he was going to be on the grid and I think it was uh, Nigel Lloyd, I think Brian O'Driscoll was with you. I'm not yeah. sure who you were with uh, on the grid. Anyway, um, we had this amazing night. Now, you can't imagine what went on. Cannes at this time of the year is electric anyway. So yeah. move on to, to Monaco. He's on the grid and um, the it's next It's the same day. Is, it's a, the, the, the race is the same day as the prize giving that the winners are announced. Uh, Limo again uh, falls into the bad company and you wind up at the Monte Carlo Bay beach yeah. with Bono but you got absolutely hammered well I didn't get up so I was hammered the whole week ok so <laughs> you were being in a ridiculous state <laughs> you, you looked ok to me on the grid but anyway he was gone I get the captain of the boat rings me have you seen Limo have you seen Limo have you seen Limo I said what's wrong he said Jesus, get and find him. You must get him because he, they've won the Capamador in Cannes. Yeah. And he's got to go there to the red carpet to go and collect the trophy. Yeah. Now, can I tell you, he was so hammered, he never made, probably in his acting career, the biggest achievement that he has got. No, or it's, not it's the film. It's the film. But, okay, it's the film. Know. But himself and Killian Murphy never made it. Now, what does that say about Irish actors? That's what I want to know. Liam, is that true or not? Yeah, it is true. Patrick texted me and said, well, congratulations. I'm so drunk, I went for what? <laughs> And he said, for winning. I said, winning more. Yourself? He said, a Pandora. And I said, how do you know? He said, I'm watching it on the television. So I, I, I said, uh, apparently we've won, we've won the Pandora. And then the word went around the Monte Carlo Beach Hotel, Bay, Bay Hotel, whatever it was, Beach Hotel. Bay Hotel, and, uh, yeah. And I went around and it was just like ridiculous. There was, you know, champagne flying and all that sort of stuff. And a fella gave me a private jet. Jonathan, wasn't I? Remember Jonathan Hill? Gave me a private jet. Uh, uh, said, yeah, here, my... my um, it's not much, he said. It's not much, a private jet. My, can, my gift to you. Only I don't care, we. Would you need a private jet to get there? No, not to get. No, no, no. Home. Oh. Uh, on the Monday, he said. Well, I said, I'm not going. I'm not going. I rang Killian. I said, Where are you? He said, I'm in Leon. I don't know where he was. I said, Are you going back for the thing? And he went, Nah. He said, Are you? And I went, Nah. And we just stayed. We just stayed down and uh, enjoyed party that night. We celebrated flash. here. It was great. 
Well, so there's another story that is actually accurate. Have you know? Can you say thank you? Uh, thank I'm, you. I'm thank astonished, you. Eddie. For you got first. any of that right? For two I get it all right, because I remember the aggravation yeah. you caused me. <laughs> we, we we should mention that uh, Killian, who you mentioned there, yes. for those who uh, are, are listening to this and are not familiar with his great work, um, yeah. what would he be most recognised for? Oh, Peaky Blinders, amongst other. It's so something big that's coming out. He's, he's going to be huge. I would yeah. be very very surprised if he doesn't feel, and it's not even out yet. He's um, uh, Christopher Nolan magnificent English director and you know Interstellar Batman he started all, all, all that stuff and he's just done a biopic the, the story of Robert Oppenheimer the in, inventor or developer of the, n- the first nuclear weapon and Killian is is playing Oppenheimer wow. and Killian has been I think in almost all of Christopher's movies he was a buddy in Batman he was in Interstellar I think uh, Inception and he's always in them. And Christopher Nolan has said, I've been just waiting for the right project that uh, I never want to do a movie that Killian is not in. And wow. this is this is the one. Oscar winner? Uh, he will be, I think. I'd be yeah. very surprised. If, is he uh, that good? Oh, Killian's magnificent. And he's it, I, it kills me to say this. He's, he's probably a, one of the most beautiful looking men I've ever, very ever handsome. seen. Incredible and, eyes. And, yeah, he has yeah. incredible eyes. The good eyes. thing about him and is he's, he's nice a bit on the my, inside. My height, so that's not bad. He's as lovely on the inside that's, as he is on the that, outside. Well, that's interesting, actually. Could that lead us into the competitive nature? Because, you know, I'm sitting here beside Eddie, uh, mm. my, my co-pilot in, in this production. But <laughs> the truth is I did my entire career, I worked as hard as I could to never have to be in a situation where I'd have to drive for him. Yeah. And, and uh, so, you know, that and says I, a lot about you, Eddie. Well, yeah. funny enough, you never had enough money to be on my radar screen, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah. you know, we, we're in agreement on that. But it, it there, must be, there must be actors that you really look forward to working with. And there'll be, and I'm not asking you to name check unless yeah. you really yeah. want to. But is it the same? There's, there's some people you go, brilliant, that person's got the yeah. part. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, there's other times where you go, look, I'm a professional. I'm going to do this movie because I really believe in the part I'm playing. Yeah. But my co-star is a complete arsehole. Now, it usually doesn't come to that because I already have the information before I say before I say no to working with them. I'm, I'm just too long in the business to have to tolerate uh, the narcissists. I'm, I'm which our, our so could I, could I say no to sitting beside Eddie on this podcast? Oh, I tried to say no to this podcast. And no, listen, I thought it wasn't I an option. I have to say that he, he galloped all the way here from Cannes. He just wanted to meet you or Irvine. We I'm not on the sky. I saw him in Dublin. I know, we had a great time we had a great in Dublin. Dublin. A lovely time in Dublin. Yeah, he was there with when his When he was doing the RBA stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we did a bit he, of responsible he, he, drinking. He, he's yeah. completely screwed in the head with Formula One. That's the problem with him. Oh, no, I love it. I do genuinely well, love it. When you mention that then, what, what do you think? You've, you've followed it for many, many years. Yeah. You know, Eddie's been around racing for forever. I'm, you know, somewhere yeah, in between, since, I guess. Yeah. How since do you the see steam the cars. Yeah, huh? exactly. Well, he used to nick them back then, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Actually, yeah. in Dublin, I met a guy at the bar who said that he's still got an unpaid bill in a garage. That, uh, for, no, no a, a room. It was a room above a garage that you never paid and he's no. kept it. Sure, that's a forced, Eddie. Day, a that, bill you didn't pay. It's I'm, never happened before. I don't believe that. Well, I've got it on actually on my phone. But we'll, we'll he has come, the invoice. Actually, I'll maybe share it with the producers so they can put it up on our social channels because the guy actually confirms you didn't pay your bill. But anyway, um, how do you see a Formula One's evolution? We've, You've we've got gone to be from really Bernie careful. to Liberty to, you know, there's a growing audience in America. Yeah. It's huge. It's you've State got to be really nation. careful, and I suppose a good an indication of it would be at Miami when the drivers were coming out and they had the cheerleaders and all that sort of stuff. That listen, Americans are fantastic. The Tinseltown thing, and they know the Super Bowl is extraordinary, and you watch it, and it's like a Macy's parade. It's it's the most extraordinary thing. 
you just got to be very careful about the dignity of the sport. I mean, this is, you know, it's not NASCAR, it's not Indy, it's Formula One, it's the pinnacle. And I don't think Formula One has to bow to what the American media people say is required. You can still do things that are elegant and... Uh, well said, And, and uh, you don't need to bail. And you can take on board all the stuff, and they're the most welcoming. People have said to me, that, you know, what's the most hospitable place you've ever been? And, and for me, my experience of traveling was Thailand and the United States. I've never experienced hospitality like it. They're extraordinary, the Americans. They move you into their house after five minutes after meeting you. you know, they're just, I just, I love the... The optimism and the and the you know the the positivity of the of the Americans, and they love putting on a show and they want to make it bigger. And I know the whole drive to survive thing. I've just worked for a year with Netflix, um, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful to get that support out. And when America was really difficult to break, nobody thought a documentary on a on a streamer would be the thing to do it. And now there's what three races in the states this year, and it's wonderful. But you just got to be a bit too careful that, you, you know, you're not putting too much uh, tinsel and fairy dust all over it. it does, I don't think it requires it. it, it it's a, it's it, The balance between entertainment and sport is, is very difficult. It's a, a great... Yeah. It's a, well, that makes me think, actually, because, Eddie, when you were starting your Formula One team, you, you had to do things differently because you were coming into the arena with Ferrari, with McLaren, with the teams, Williams, that were already established. So you would do marketing stunts, but they're wonderful. They got, they got you a lot of media. What are you saying? A lot of media. McLaren used to go mad with Bernie because they were getting more coverage than McLaren were at the time. I remember there was complaints. They went to Bernie. And what's what's the hell going on with this no, little he tiny had, team? He tried to have me banned off British Airways yeah. because I could stroke four, five, six and people up into first class yeah. sitting beside Ron Dennis and he went oh, he'd love fucking that. He mental. Love that. He went mentally complained, wrote a letter. Yeah. Uh, to Martin Broughton, the then chairman, to say, how can Eddie Jordan get these upgrades for all his riffraff up to beside me when I'm paying full fare and he's down the back? Well, how yeah. did you do it? The, the, that, the, the, the gift to the gaff. Yeah. It's, it's called so he always does it. easy. Easy. It's all within it. Now I want to, he's going to tell you a story. So a couple of weeks ago, can we move off Formula One? Because it's so boring. So the next thing is... <laughs> I love um, it. We're all here. Oh, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to talk about life, reality. What's he doing here? It's great yeah. to see you, by the way, Limo. Yeah, and um, you got plenty of money. Do you you playing plenty of money to the tax yeah, man in Ireland, much, I presume? Uh, the money I have wouldn't clean your shoes, Oh, Chief. get over. You you're such a blagger. You're he calls me a blagger. Now I'm going to... me own taxi here to come down here to this. Of course, you don't he think they're going to Does he have a driver? Yes. Do I have He doesn't walk anywhere. Limo. Can we be sensible here for a second? What's your question? So, uh, I'm having a weekend of rock and roll. So, I go to Dublin to see Springsteen. I make a mistake. I ring Liam and I said, Liam, uh, how are you? I make a mistake. I ring Liam. Huh? I make a mistake. (laughs) That's a nice introduction to our guest. I ring Liam and I said, what are you up to? And he said, I'm about to have a coffee and going to the gym. I said, gym? Who's Jim? Look at And look, and so the next thing is, we hot. have a coffee and he drags me to this gym next door. And I did bring my gym kit and I'm on the gym, on the trainer, walking backwards because I'm trying to do my hamstrings a bit of good. And um, the next thing is, this guy turns up with a box. Go on, Limo, tell the story. Yeah, no, he just walked. I'd, I'd managed. I'd been there for ages, and and, and he's a, a guy that um, distributes the really good stuff, ASIC stuff, right? The really nice stuff. And, you know, we have a saying in Dublin is, have it and you'll get it. In other words, you know, if you have it, this is when, it, this one is, you don't get it when you don't have it. It's when you have the money, the stuff comes to you, right? Yeah. Same in our game, to be honest. 
and, and a guy walks in with a box and I said, oh, and I introduced him and I said, oh, this guy's top man. He gave me a pair and I loved him. I wear them. And, uh, and, he's, and, he's, and he says, uh, is that a box you have there? Your man says, what size are you? He's only in the place one minute. And the guy's, he has the size in the bag, takes them out, the most expensive model that they make, and they fit him perfectly. He's and sick. he's wearing them too. He was sick. Oh, he killed was me, sick. man. It killed me. It's sick. Killed me. He got a freebie two seconds after being in there. But you see, he says I'm a blagger. That's not blagging. That was just being generous, wasn't it? Well, what? it wasn't well, you being generous. Being generous yeah. I, yeah. I'm never generous. I just like people being generous. <laughs> I, 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 he couldn't spell it. Only Eddie can credit himself with being something, then deny he is that yeah. in the same sentence. It was generous. It's a great, great thing to have generosity, isn't it? it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, let me know if you ever find that. <laughs> Uh, we nearly finished with him because I'm bored. No, no, that what? is absolutely brilliant because he's the only one that I know so far that's been able to control you and calm you down. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I try each week and I just mm, I feel miserably. Th- 30 years of hard work to try and well, shut him up. I think we're actually being very nice to each other here, Limo, don't we, you think? We've no choice, Chief. I'm watching her like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one hand below the table I'm worried yeah. about. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually had my hand on the scrotum <laughs> yeah. on there. <laughs> So if you feel a squeeze, I think this is overrun. This has overrun. Can you please wind this up? Well, I just like to say, actually, um, I'm sitting very close to Eddie, and uh, it was actually my scrotum you were squeezing. And I really, I really quite enjoyed it. I thought it was just a Hollywood thing. So thank you. It's just you being nice. Thank you very much. Well, look, it's been really great uh, you telling us uh, some of the tales of debauchery that you and EJ have got up to over the years. And we really appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to come here. Um, uh, Just one last favour from my side. When, When you leave the fine studio would you mind taking Eddie with you yeah I will yeah uh, I have a hole, I have a hole <laughs> near Portacule I'm going to pop him into nice shallow grave so before you go you've got a whole lot of new things on the go you've kind of alluded yes. to some of them um, but those people and I'm not going to tell the public that the only reason you were on uh, because it'd be ghostly unfair while you were on I, uh, sounds like you were to tell us. everybody what he wasn't going to tell them <laughs> well, I, know, yeah. well I, I like to tell the people that the reason why you were on Game of Thrones for so long Davos they never did sack you but the only reason was that you were you were very good value uh, yeah they got me cheap I know they got you cheap I yeah. wasn't going to say it like that because yeah. it sounds a bit tacky yeah. but um, it's not all about the money it's about the art yeah. form Eddie yeah. imagine yeah. how successful you know, you it's about it's all about the struggle he, he knows he gave them on the cheap they got you on the cheap didn't they Limo yeah well it was a contractual thing but you know why for... you should have had a manager like me I would have squeezed the last ounce out of them yeah you'd have squeezed the last ounce out of me as well <laughs> well yeah well that's come <laughs> part of the package <laughs> <laughs> Right, oh. gentlemen, this seems like a brilliant time to wrap up this latest <laughs> episode. Definitely one of the most enjoyable. Liam, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, it was thank a you. pain, I have to tell no, you. Wish me luck. Wish me luck. I tell you what was going to be Keep out awful. of my way this week. I don't want to see much more of you. <laughs> goodbye, dear <laughs> listeners. Goodbye. Bye-bye from me and Limo. Bye-bye from... Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.